You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this special edition of the Packernet Podcast. My name is JJ Leahy, and I'll be your host today. You may know me as the voice of the Daily Cheese. I also host No Huddle Radio on PackersTalk.com. And I also hold the totally real, not pretend title of executive producer here on the Packernet Podcast. So come on in, hang out with us. Today I'm going to have a chat with this show's own Ryan Schlipp, who has gotten so desperate for content that he agreed to do a sit-down with us and answer some questions. We solicited many of these questions from the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. So please make sure to get in there if you are not already. It's the very best way to keep up with fun opportunities like this and stay in touch with the show. Unless this is your very first time listening to this podcast, Ryan needs no introduction. So Ryan, thank you so much for coming on to your own podcast. Not many people are brave enough or bored enough to come on here. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for trashing me on that intro. If I was paying you, I would threaten you, but uh, let's just continue on. Well, that actually is the perfect setup to my very first question. Uh, JJ from Michigan wants to know, (laughs) why are you so cheap? Don't you think your executive producer deserves to earn more than a pittance? I like to think of myself as greedy more than cheap. Um, Trust me, you're cheap. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just, it's it's the opposite end of it. It's, I get money and I want to keep all of it. You know, I mean, if if I had more, maybe I'd be more generous with it. But I just, I, I like to think of it as greedy more so than cheap. (laughs) Well, Ryan, we had a lot of awesome questions come in from people on social media, on Twitter, and in the Facebook group. You recently welcomed another pack baby into the family. Want to know, how's she fitting in so far? And are there any indications that you need to return her for possibly being a Vikings fan? Um, she's, She's pretty good. I would say she's probably our easiest baby so far. A um, little bit needy as babies are, but uh, I'm I'm kind of over on the girls as far as Packer fans go. My oldest uh, was never really into it. She used to call herself a Bears fan just to get under my skin. She gave that up, thankfully. I thought our second daughter was going to be a huge Packer fan. She was real into it, but now she's just like the rest of the girls in the house who moan and groan when my son says, "Can we watch football now?" You know, I don't want to watch football. So I've got one more shot, but I'm not really holding out hope. I think it's going to be me and the boy that are Packer fans, and that'll probably be the end of it, which is fine. So Ryan, Christopher in the Facebook group wants to know, this is a real heavy-hitting question, Hmm. what is your go-to favorite meal, drink, and dessert? Meal, drink, and dessert. Um, See, I'm going to overanalyze everything, and I'm going to try not to do that, but like, what does go-to mean? I'll, I'll just say my, my favorite is probably tacos. Absolutely love tacos. I'm very picky as an eater, so I don't like any vegetables. So I like Americanized, non-vegetably tacos, which is ground beef, cheese, some rice, and flour tortillas. Um, drink is probably just water and coffee, not into really anything else. Um, and I'm not super big on desserts, but let's just say cheesecake for the heck of it. Something that doesn't get enough attention on this podcast, grilling. You are too admod- uh, too modest, probably, to admit to being somewhat of an expert griller, but it's certainly something you really enjoy. Can you give us some grilling tips and talk about what are some of your Pack Daddy signature favorites? 
Well, I, I definitely not an expert, but I did invest in a grill and I was grilling out pretty much daily for a while. Um, I'm not going to be so bold as to give any tips other than um, when you're done grilling, here's, here's a key. If you have, for example, a, a charcoal grill as I do, and you have a wooden deck as I do, when you're <laughs> oh, done grilling and you want to go inside and enjoy some food, make sure you close the vents on the bottom because sometimes it's extremely windy. And you'll have hot coals that fall onto the tray, and the wind will blow the coals onto your deck, and it will start a small fire. Um, so I currently have holes in my deck because I don't know what I'm doing, and the landlords are going to be upset when they find that out. But um, as far as go-tos, man, I just it's hard to, to mess anything up. I mean, I've made steak on it. It's delicious. Um, I think pork and chicken, as far as like cheaper meats, absolutely delicious. And there's... I mean, any way you do it, if you just do a little salt and pepper, it's amazing. Some barbecue chicken, it's kind of just whatever you're in the mood for. Um, that's what makes grilling amazing is it just makes restaurant quality food out of pretty much anything. And there's so many different varieties. Again, you can do marinades, you can do barbecues, you can do dry rubs, you can put it with salt or with uh, rice or baked potato or french fries. So I don't know, I just, I enjoy it. And, and if you're trying to eat better, it also takes kind of diety food and makes it like why else i mean i don't want to eat anything else anyways i'd rather have this than pizza so you're eating healthy and it's just the best possible food what about fish i know that you are a big fisherman certainly in your past you loved fishing all the time you uh like to grill fish or you know more about me than i thought anyone did yeah <laughs> I, I haven't gone fishing in a long time but i do like fish my daughter's real big on fish also so i'd try to do that um, more often salmon obviously is is the best um, I have not put that on the grill because I don't want to mess that up but um, it's also extremely expensive so usually it's just uh, tilapia with a little bit of lime on it but uh, we do fish on occasion yeah my gosh I love tilapia and also catfish those are absolutely my two go-to's catfish is delicious hey I just got a response finally uh, I asked Dara, what the heck, why hasn't he sent any questions? And he finally responded, he has had a burning question. Oh, boy. If Ryan could go out for dinner with one current Packer and one retired Packer, who would they be? I, man, I I don't like the question only because I'm such a, I'm not a people person. So I just picture how it would go and it would just be horrible. Like, it, if I went out to dinner with somebody, it would be a horrible day. I and mean, you know how this is. You've tried to have conversations with me. They don't go well. I'm not a good conversationalist. I don't have anything to add to. So I just, I picture going out to dinner and it being like this big thing. And we're both sitting there bored and not doing anything. But leaving all that aside, um, geez, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, you could say Jamal because he's a lot of fun, but I mean, what, what is he going to do? We're out to eat a burger, and he's going to get up and start dancing? So that, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Rodgers seems to be as boring a person, honestly, as I am. So unless we, like, get on a topic that we're into, I just feel like we'd both just hang out and do nothing, which maybe is best-case scenario because we could both appreciate that a little bit, you know, just hang out and not really have to – I'll, I'll just say Rodgers just for the clout of it and then just not tell everyone how horrible it went. You have met some Packers in previous years, though. Talk about – there's one story that you have shared with me that I was blown away by how cool this was, and you didn't seem to really um, recognize what an insane experience this is. Number 15. You're talking about the Bart Starr story? Yeah. we got to hear that. Yeah, so I, I thought I told it, but maybe not. I think it was the day that Bart uh, passed away. But, yeah, sure. So that – 
I used to uh, volunteer, which I'll put that in air quotes, at the uh, Lombardi golf tournament thing or whatever. Just we knew people who knew people, and my grandpa did it and whatever. Basically, you just sit and hang out at a at a tee, and all these celebrities and, and uh, football players and whatnot come through, and you get a bunch of autographs, and it's kind of cool. But So I got in line for Bart Starr, not really expecting to get his autograph. I was the very next in line, and they said, all right, no more. So that was like, ah, shoot, man. I was so close to getting Bart Starr's autograph. One of his, uh, I don't know if it was security detail or what, came up to me and said, hey, you're a volunteer here. I had the T-shirt on. He said, after he's done hitting um, in this hole, go up to him. He'll give you an autograph. So he goes up, he hits, and he just starts walking away. And I kind of look over at the guy like, dude, what the heck is that about? You promised me an autograph. He's like, no, no, go ahead. So, you know, you got to picture there's a huge crowd of people at this hole. And Bart Starr is just walking away in the distance. And here I am chasing down this guy like the biggest you know the, the, the exact person you don't want to be that guy i was that guy but he told me to do it so i'm, I'm following him mr star mr star he doesn't hear me so i'm trying to say excuse me mr star he turns around and you know as nice as he, he could ever possibly be he explained you know i'm so sorry young man um you know i i wish i could do that but if if i gave you an autograph you know everybody'd be chasing me down so i just i can't do that so I wanted to absolutely kill the security detail, but of course he decided after all this embarrassment, then he would interject rather than doing it right away and say, oh, no, no, he's a volunteer here. So then, you know, Bart, he's very cool about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to sign it. I'm so sorry. Signs an autograph and I go on my way. So it was it was horribly embarrassing. And that security guy, I don't know if he was just trying to be a jerk or what, but uh, <laughs> it ended up making for a really cool story. And, and it, it was actually really nice to, rather than just being one of the guys in the line that he signed for, to have that sort of private moment in the middle of a fairway while, you know, a thousand people are staring at this jerk of a kid who chased down Bart Starr. Um, you know, it's, 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 I like to think it was somewhat memorable for him as well. Well, I have a question here because you just mentioned uh, Jamal Williams dancing. Aaron Kate from Michigan sent in a question asking about the uh, psych up part of Jamal Williams dancing. And she wants to know your take on, uh, why does he do this? Because she thinks he's a really awesome dancer. I know that your son, in particular, is a big fan of this. Is he just out there having fun? Is it? Do you think it's a, a warm-up routine for him? What, what's your take on this? I just think he's having fun, man. I mean, as as somebody that you know, and I think a lot of people do this, but you find yourself just kind of dancing and being goofy in the kitchen or whatnot. We usually do it in private. I think Jamal just does it in public. I don't think he's. It doesn't really look like a get jacked up kind of dance. You know, he just looks like a really fun guy. That's going out and just having a good time. And I think, uh, you know, people like me can kind of resonate with that because that's just it's, it's just it's just having fun. That's what I think it is. Speaking of having fun, we had um, a few people all asked a different variant of about the same question. So I'm going to read three people's questions here and you can answer after the third one here. So we're going to start off with Mason on Twitter. Number one, how dare you? He asks. Good question. Your friend on Twitter. Aaron, who torments you to no end, please ask Pack Daddy why he's so awful. Thank you. Okay, terrible question. And then finally, um, Alex Couch asks basically the same question. What caused you to start the podcast? Was there one <laughs> particular moment where you decided, I'm going to start talking to a bunch of people in my basement at 3 a.m. every day about the Packers? <laughs> I see how those all come together. Thank you for that. That was quite a uh, curveball at the end there. Well, to answer the first two questions, uh, how dare you and why are you so awful? Um, 
I, I, I guess I don't have an answer. That's it's a very valid question, and I'm sorry, maybe. <laughs> as far as the starting of the podcast, um, I've kind of brushed up on it or talked about it a couple times, but um, more or less, I kind of just had a lot of pent-up thoughts that I wanted to get out there. And my th- plan was, I'm just going to start a blog. And I'm just going to blog for a year with no real expectations. And if I, I genuinely believe that if I kept up with it and I kept the content up and it was really good content, that it would grow naturally. But just commit one year and um, with no expectations. That very quickly turned into a relationship with uh, Kevin at Packernet because I started reaching out to other websites Um, other teams so that we can coordinate or whatever. And one of them happened to be a Browns website and the owner of this Browns website also owns Packernet. He said, as everybody else said, no, thank you. I don't want to work with you. However, I like what you're writing. Why don't you come write for us? So I did that for a while. Um, I made up to, you know, about five cents a month, I think was, was probably a pretty good month. So that was just killing it with that kind of stuff. Over time, I realized that the articles were way too long-winded. I had stuff that I wanted to research and I wanted to say, and that would turn into a five, ten-part series. And by the time I get to about the third or fourth part of that series, I just wasn't interested anymore, and I quit. And it was just kind of a weird, disjointed thing. Somewhere along the line, I learned of podcasts. I wasn't really listening to them or whatever, but it just kind of fit my personality. You know, when I'm kind of by myself, I do a lot of ranting. When I'm not by myself, I do a lot of ranting in my head. When people get me started on Packers or things like politics or whatever, I kind of go off the rails and I just start talking a lot. You know, so if there's somebody there, I'll talk to them, sort of. Um, If not, I'll just, I'll do it anyway. So I thought, you know, this might fit. I got a lot to say. I'm too long-winded for writing. I'm not a good writer. I don't like writing. And I'm kind of just a a ranty AM radio jerk. Let's see if this can work. (laughs) So... I just kind of pushed record, um, put out a couple episodes, went over to Kevin at Packernet. I said, look, I'm, I'm going to give up the writing. We can go one of two ways. Number one, um, this will be the Packernet podcast, in which case I would like to be sort of one-third partner on the website. Otherwise, if not, I'll just take my stuff, go elsewhere. He listened to it, he liked it, and that was sort of it, and I've just been doing that ever since. What was the uh, transition point? You've talked a lot about on the show how you were not a super invested Packers fan at a younger age because you just grew up and it was just the Packers and you weren't a broadly an NFL fan or a real student of the game. At what point did that transition happen where you started really becoming more obsessive about the team uh, like a lot of us are? How did that come to be? Well, I was always obsessive about the Packers. I was always um, very involved in the team. I didn't know as much as far as the, I knew the names, I didn't know the positions, I didn't know the play call, I didn't really care. I just, I liked the team. I was very hardcore. I know that kind of probably doesn't make sense to some people. Hardcore about the team without knowing a ton about it. I just wanted to watch them win. As far as becoming more invested in understanding the NFL and all that kind of stuff, that was in 2009 when I started playing fantasy football. That's when I forced, I had to learn about other players and it got me interested in other players and then once I got interested in that that kind of got me interested in the draft which is starting to get me into into college football so it just kind of broadened everything out because if you want to know about this you have to learn about other things Um, so by the time the podcast came around I was um, already much more invested than I had been sort of at a younger age not not more passionate about the team I've always been diehard about the team but as far as understanding and wanting to understand more that was 2009 yeah fantasy football I think was the avenue for most of us certainly me 
in terms of starting to care about any other teams besides their own team. And and actually for me, it was not until I started playing fantasy football that I really paid close attention to the Packers either. I right. I would keep tabs on whether they won or lost. I'd watch some games, but I, you know, I didn't care a ton about uh, tight ends or running backs or fifth string receivers and all that right. stuff. Right. Hey, here's a question that I know you're going to hate because I know you personally. And, Thank you. Um, Give us your Super Bowl prediction. Who do you think the two teams are going to be? I'm glad I kind of thought about this a little bit today. Um, I I don't want to sound like a homer and say the Packers, but but completely honestly, when you look at the contenders, the Saints kind of make the most sense. But without Drew Brees, I don't think they make that much sense anymore, um, especially from a consistency standpoint, even though they seem to be a pretty solid team. The Seahawks, I think, are – maybe I'm overstating it, but I, I do think that they're in a – pretty rapid decline and have some serious issues they're going in the wrong direction um the rams kind of make sense but they're not as strong of a team as they were i just think the packers as far as nfc teams probably make the most sense right now the question would be the afc team um it's a tough call between the chiefs and the steelers not that it couldn't be somebody else colts titans whatever anything could happen but um i i I hate to do it because I was so down on the Chiefs last year, but I just what I've been saying and seeing from the Chiefs and, and as far as consistency, as good as the offense is, I, I just think Chiefs Packers is probably where my head's at. Steelers Packers would be my backup, and then after that maybe the Packers don't make it. But those would be my two most likely scenarios. Chiefs Packers was my off season prediction for the Super Bowl, and then by the time the preseason rolled around, Steelers Packers was my official public prediction. We'll have to see. The Steelers definitely have obviously played a uh, pretty cupcake schedule, but again, you can only play who you play. So, right. Coach Hahn has an excellent question that I know you're going to love. Why didn't Green Bay bring in Antonio Brown? <laughs> <laughs> um, because unlike some teams, character matters in Green Bay, and uh, that's pretty much the end of that answer. <laughs> okay, Brian on Twitter wants to know who is the best Packers inside linebacker of your lifetime. Oh, man. See, the thing that sucks about this is the right answer is going to be those guys that I don't remember very well. Um, So I'm stuck thinking about guys like A.J. Hawk and whatnot. Um, Jeez. It's the problem when we open it up and let fans ask questions. Right. Well, anything even slightly historic, even in my lifetime, I'm going to sound like a complete idiot. Um, there's names that are coming to mind, but I know they're not right. I'm, I'm just, ugh. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to say, I don't know. And just let people assume I'm stupid rather than say something <laughs> really dumb out loud. Hey, you know what? Brian sent in quite a few questions so we can pass on one. Perfect. And still not Let's let him feel. Take a mulligan on down. that one. Well, hey, that's a great segue because, uh, his next question, at what age did you finally cut your eighties mullet? That is a good question. Um, and I, all right, let's talk about the mullet for a minute. I r- first learned about fashion at a pretty young age, and I still don't like it to this point. I think it's kind of stupid in terms of like, you know, something that's, all right, how do I say this? So <laughs> the problem with fashion is we're doing things right now and trying to pretend that it's something smart, knowing that in 10 years, we're going to look back and say that it's stupid. That's weird to me. So the mullet was actually kind of the first time that I learned that because my aunt, who was like the cool aunt, she was in college when I was younger or whatever. So like, you know, she was, 
she was cool. Like she listened to music that was like all loud and stuff. And she brought friends over to the house that were young and, you know, loud and wore like torn up jeans and like the glasses with the multicolored stuff on it, whatever. And they all had long hair in the back. And she always told me like, grow it out in the back. It looks cool. So that's what I did. So later on in life, I still had that. And I didn't know it was called a mullet. It probably wasn't even that much of a mullet, but it was just longer and back. And she's like, you got to cut that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're the one that told me this is cool. And in my mind, if something is, it just is. It's not definitely true. And then 10 years later, it's not because then it was never true. It means it was always a lie. So that, that annoyed me. So I, I ended up getting it cut. I was probably, uh, I'll call it like seven or eight. Again, it was never like a full-blown mullet, but it was just kind of like a general style where it was just kind of longer in back. So seven or eight, what would that be? Uh, 94-ish, something like that. 93, 94 is when I got it hacked off in the back. And I just, I, I again, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand how something can be something and then later on it's not. It just, it never is. Which means, if you think about it going backwards, fashion is just always stupid. It's n- nothing is ever true. It's just true now, and you know you're doing something that's stupid later. Which is why, if you really want to play it safe, just wear jeans and a t-shirt. Because in 10 years, jeans and a t-shirt is just going to be jeans and a t-shirt. You're not going to be doing something and say, wow, why did, why did I do that? That looks so stupid. So just stick with jeans and a t-shirt, and you're good. Man, this sounds like uh, your super villain origin story. This is the tragic event from your past. It, was... it is. It traumatized me. My gosh. Hey, speaking of traumatizing and all that, we had a couple people ask the same question. One of them, Justin, uh, who helps out with the uh, Packernet podcast Facebook page, I know he was asking it sarcastically. But we had um, had a guy named Anthony on Twitter who asked it, and it seems to be a, a serious question. So here's the question. How's your mental health right now? Ryan seems more tired lately. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's very observant. That's very true. Um, how dare you be tired in a pandemic? Right. Um, mental health aside, the tired thing I'm legitimately considering going to a doctor for, because it's just by like four or five o'clock, I could probably go to bed. So that's kind of a weird thing. I know it's, you know, it's getting darker earlier, so it might be kind of normal, but it, it doesn't feel normal and I don't like it and I don't want it to be a thing forever. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, Mental health is fine. I'm feeling good. Um, kind of starting to feel a little bit more rejuvenated the last, uh, say, week or two. I know there was a period where I had actually reached out to you and was like, is something wrong? Because everyone seems mad at me. And you were kind of like, yeah, you know, you're kind of being a little bit of a jerk. Didn't really want to tell you to your face or whatever. And <laughs> as I thought about it, I was kind of like, yeah, I, like I've been nothing but an angry downer for I don't know how. It just it never occurred to me. Like I just woke up and did the podcast and I kind of forgot like, you know, what what I wanted this podcast to be and what I wanted the tone to be and what I wanted myself to be. And I kind of just got into a mode where I just woke up and I responded to angry people angrily. And so I, I, I kind of just. I, I re-remembered in that moment what I wanted it to be, and it just made me feel excited about the podcast again, and I'm excited about YouTube again, and I'm excited about a lot of different things. So um, obviously I'm not happy that it's getting cold and it's dark all the time or whatever, but um, definitely in a better mood the last, let's call it, week or so. Hey, you know, on the getting tired really early note, if it makes you feel any better, I have been feeling the exact same way. I am Every day I get to the end of the day, and I tell my wife, oh, man, I feel exhausted. And I feel silly because it's been like the eighth day in a row I've said that. Right. 
Yeah, but, and, and and you feel guilty, you know, especially, you know, you feel guilty when you're just married or in my case married with four kids cuz you know there's a lot of work that needs to be done and I'm sitting here saying I just can't it's like well that's that's not an option you you kind of have to do stuff so you end up feeling guilty on top of everything cuz you're not really pulling your weight you said you've felt better for about a week right and previous to that it was a, a couple a few weeks where you were not feeling the greatest right i don't know whenever i reached out to you a week or two ago something like that i'm just saying a week ago the Packers kicked the Bears' butts, and previously the Packers games were all really frustrating. I mean, I just, I just, I think watching the Bears get humiliated and uh, allow forty-five points on national television—that's got to make anybody feel better. That's true, and the and the the tone of Packers Twitter and Facebook and everything else has also livened up, and I think that's probably starting to take a toll on me as well. The the negativity in Packers verse, which by the way, I, I mentioned to you, but to anybody else out there, I might be a little bit slower on Twitter lately because I completely shut off notifications on my phone, which probably is also helping my mental health a little bit. So I kind of just do like hourly checks to see if there's new messages or notifications or whatever. It makes me a little slower on the uptake as far as news, but I, I still like it and I'm probably going to stick to it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Travis has a question on Facebook. It's a two-parter. The first part doesn't seem real serious to me. He asks, are you worried about shark attacks when you daydream? And then uh, he goes on to say, but for real, have you noticed and what's your thoughts on Matt LaFleur calling out Kevin King in multiple interviews about dropping that interception? Do you think he's trying to send King a message? Man, I'm going to have to take multiple mulligans. I'm stuck on the shark thing. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Am I worried about sharks when I daydream? Um I really want to answer that question because it's intriguing to me. I wish I wish he was here to, to clarify. I mean, the answer is no. Um, I do th- see. I do think about shark attacks a lot, though. It kind of freaks me out thinking about sharks in the ocean. In fact, the last couple times I've gone to the ocean, I've had an irrational fear of sharks that I never really had before, especially with kids. You know, I got little kids. I just feel like, nah, let's just stay a little closer because I'm going to be that one in 500 that has a great white just come up and just devour. And then it's like, what, what, you know, what are you doing in the ocean, anyways? Like, this is where sharks roam. It just kind of seems stupid. It's kind of like, you know, being in a body of water down in Florida, anyways, where there's alligators. Like, I don't need to be near water, anyways. So, um, no, not when I daydream. I guess I do because you that is what do. I'm, I'm, day, I'm daydreaming when I'm thinking about that. So, why, 
why would he ask that question and be correct? That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I guess sometimes I daydream about my fear of sharks. Um, so I, I'm glad I answered that because I, I didn't hear Matt LaFleur chastise Kevin King, so I don't know that he's sending him a message. Um, I, I, from my what I have noticed, they do seem to really like Kevin King as a general rule and have been pretty defensive of him, so it wouldn't be a good sign if that was the case. I also haven't really noticed him playing overly poorly. I know PFF is not a big fan of his, but as far as, you know, giving up big games or whatever, he, he really hasn't done that this year. Um, I don't know that he's played well enough to uh, garner himself a new contract, and maybe that is uh, the main point of this, you know, they have, they've been more defensive of him before when he was a young guy up and coming. Now it's like, you need to play better to get a contract. So maybe there is a little bit more urgency, but I can't directly speak to the comments that I didn't hear. Are you willing to answer another Kevin King question? Sure. Billy wants to know if you can rank in order the guys that you hate slash despise the most out of Kevin King, Billy Turner and Adolf Hitler. See, this question is going to get me in big trouble. <laughs> I Just answering it and putting them in the same list together is going to get me in trouble. Hey, Billy's the one who put him in the, in the list, so you can... It's not my list, but so let's, let's, as quickly as I can, so it doesn't seem like I'm thinking about it, say that Hitler's the worst. Um, what, what, specifically, again, what did it say? Dislike the most? Yeah, rank in order the guys that you hate or despise the most. See, I even even hate. I mean, Billy's got some great questions, and he's the best troll as far as especially coming at me in the group. And I do appreciate a good Billy question, but this one's going to get me in all kinds of trouble. I don't hate any of them. Um, I'm definitely more critical of those two guys than probably anybody else. I, I think at this point, I haven't really had a, a Kevin King rant in a while, mostly for that reason. I mean, again, PFF doesn't care for him, but he hasn't had that like 150 yards given up type game. Um, I think if anything, when I've noticed him, it's been more good than bad. Um, I think as far as the the dislike goes, I'm I'm a little bit more on the Billy Turner train only because it's kind of a similar thing to Kevin King, whereas the fan base really loves the guy. And I can't help but bring up the fact that PFF does. Now, similarly, his stats look fine. So I've actually gotten to the point where I, I need to go watch it because I can't sit here and keep saying that he's not doing a good job when the stats are, I mean, to a certain degree, if you're doing a bad job, the stats should be different than what they are. It's, it's a heck of a coincidence to be doing a bad job. And, you know, whether it's Aaron Rodgers gets the ball out of his hand quickly, or he happens to scramble away from it or something, I I don't really know. But um, yeah, I I do think the fan base is it. And especially now that it's sort of attacking the anti-Billy Turner people, which technically would be me, I'm finding myself kind of fortifying myself in that category. Like, all right, if you want to go there, let's go there. Um, so I, it, it kind of puts me in the, I guess you would say anti-Billy Turner category, but that's it's kind of silly because, um, again, what I've said consistently recently is, regardless of how quote-unquote bad he is via PFF, if this is what he does, if, if bad means you get a bad grade but zero sacks against Khalil Mack and we're only paying him however much we're paying him at this point. I mean, he's, I think we're good with him at right tackle. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of unsure, I guess, where I stand on Billy Turner. Um, and I, I want to try to further clarify that over time, but in terms of just general dislike, um, which again, I don't like the way the question is phrased. I'll probably put, uh, Kevin King as the least 
disliked at this particular point in time, then Billy Turner, and then way down somewhere, um, which is a distant number three, we'll go ahead and put Adolf Hitler on that that number well, three spot. As I told Billy in the Facebook group, the moral bar that we have set for you here is that at least you didn't have to go look up Adolf Hitler's PFF grades in order to answer that question. So, See, and that would have got me in a lot of trouble because then then the question is, what are the categories? Because in some categories, Hitler's grade would be pretty, probably pretty high, depending on what it is where... Oh, yeah, you know, aggression. Aggre- yeah, leadership, you know, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, he'd be in the 90s, which... Fashion? You know, and, and probably shouldn't even be go down, going down this list, but that's where my brain is going <laughs> right now, where it's like, if, if we're talking PFF grades, he's probably going to rank pretty highly in some of these categories, so... All right, let's switch to a much more positive topic here. Okay. Brian, uh, again, with just, you know, fantastic and horrible questions here. He's just got so many of them. (laughs) Did you cry on February 6th, 2011? And in case you're wondering, I looked it up. That is the date that the Packers won Super Bowl 45. I didn't. Uh, I burned a Steelers jersey. I was over (laughs) at my my boss's house, and um, his, I believe, then wife's ex- boyfriend, whatever, gave her a Steelers jersey. So obviously he wanted to burn this thing anyways, but it was just, it was just kind of, the only thing that kind of stinks is they make those things so that they don't really burn. So that took a long time and it wasn't as, uh, as exciting as you expected, but it was a, it was a great day. There was definitely no crying. Um, I'd mentioned it before, but at that point I, I knew that was the least afraid I was of the entire playoff series, because in my mind, there's no way they overcome this much to even get into the playoffs, to win the games, to beat Atlanta in Atlanta, which was impossible, to come this far and lose to the Steelers. In my mind, the, the chances were zero. I know I was probably scared at some point watching it, but I just I was extremely confident. It was a great day hanging out at uh, my boss's house. Um, and then again, yeah, it was there was no crying. There was just celebrating and then uh, lighting a steel. I think it was a Polamalu jersey on fire. Hey, my buddy Brady, who is a um, cousin by marriage to Ben Roethlisberger, he hmm. even says that that Super Bowl is the best Super Bowl he's ever seen in his life, despite the fact that his Steelers lost. I mean, that was just an insanely awesome game. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Brian has one last question here. Oh, yeah, he's got two. He has a question here. Are you willing to put pads on so Coach Hahn can demonstrate proper tackling technique in his next breakdown? Yeah, I, I've already semi-committed to that, but I've, I've kind of committed to it in the same way that you commit when you talk to a friend for the first time in the year and they're like, we should get together soon. And you're like, oh, for sure, dude, because you kind of know it's probably not going to happen. So it's an easy commitment from that standpoint. But at the same time, um, I think it'd be kind of fun. It'd be kind of entertaining. Um, I, I see it. I don't know. I, I just I feel like people would really enjoy seeing somebody just completely smoke me, and um, I, I kind of I appreciate my fan base enough that I know that they would love it, and I kind of want to give it to them. Hey, I hope for this final Brian question that you are able to answer it on the spot, or maybe have put some thought into it, because I could totally see this as being another Mulligan question for you. But man, you could knock this out of the park here. What <laughs> would your WWF name have been? Oh, geez. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll, it's, it's kind of a lame WWF thing, but, but let's just say, um, the best answer, the most correct answer would be German kid. That was the name (laughs) that was given to me in high school. Interesting enough story. Might as well tell it since we're going down this road. Um, 
So I kind of bounced around quite a bit from school to school. And one of the moves I made was from Streamwood High School to Lake Park High School in Illinois. And so I go to Lake Park High School and I go into my first class and some kid says, hey, are you from Germany? And I just thought it was somebody being stupid. And I'm like, nope, not from Germany, but thanks for asking. I go to my second period class. Hey, man, are you from Germany? Like, why in the world would two different people ask me randomly if I'm from Germany? Like, no, dude, I'm not from Germany. So I go to uh, the third class and it's uh i have this guy dan um he says hey dude are you from germany and so i was just like yeah i'm from germany i i just i just <laughs> was like yeah dude like well, i just so i just went with it and he's like dude that's awesome come to find out later that it was the same day that a bunch of german foreign exchange students showed up and that's why everybody was asking me so they went on it, from then on it was german kid that kind of over time got shortened to gk um i found out because I, I kind of played it off. Like, I didn't even have the accent after a while. I just dropped it. But I found out after about a month when I told them, like, no, I'm not from Germany. They were legitimately mad because they actually thought I was from Germany. But, um, no, that was that was kind of cool. The German kid thing stuck for a while. I had some of them come up and meet. Uh, I actually had one friend come and see me in college when I went to, to college at UW-Whitewater. Um, so there was no connection between them and high school. But one of my friends showed up told everybody at a party that my name was GK and not Ryan, and it stuck. And, and to this day, even college friends and high school friends only refer to me as GK. Uh, they find it very strange if anybody calls me Ryan. Really interesting. What was it like when you finally got to move out of that uh, cursed hellhole that you grew up in and got to move to uh, Wisconsin? It was it was glorious. I, I knew from a very young age that I was not going to live in Illinois. I, I always hated it down there. Um, you know, born and raised a Packer fan, uh, grandma and like my dad's side of the family was all in Wisconsin. So that was always like a big vacation. You know, it, it's it's just everything about it was just different. It was more spaced out. The people were much more polite. Uh, there was much less traffic. I mean, it was just even like the hills on the road. You know, in Illinois, there's no hills anywhere. It just everything was just different and it was just better in Wisconsin. The, the You know, so... Um, I just always said, I'm getting out of here. And, and plus Illinois is where your, your home is. It's where your school is. It's where your homework. And it's just, it's where all your responsibilities and you're getting grounded in detentions and everything are there. So Wisconsin was the promised land. So I just said, as soon as I graduate high school, I'm leaving. And that's what I did. I, uh, uh, after high school, I worked for a few months and then moved in with my grandma and the rest is history. I never, never went back. Well, I did go back for a year, but that's a separate story. But yeah, I've I've been gone since, and I'm never going back. Do you have a uh, born and raised in Illinois bumper sticker? No. Why would I do something that's stupid? Plus, bumper stickers are stupid, so I'm not doing that either. Well, why are bumper stickers stupid? <laughs> you, you you, you're trying to drag that <laughs> out of me. Why? I, I, I just I don't understand why you'd want to deface your own car. I, I don't understand that. I just I don't understand. You're gonna go out and buy a car, and then you're gonna slap stickers on it. it they're not funny. They're not creative they're not interesting um i just i don't i don't get it i don't understand I, it's just i've never seen a bumper sticker that i've looked at and said that's amazing it's same with vanity plates although i've seen a couple vanity plates there was one that said venom on a dodge viper 100 percent worth it Other, otherwise save your money vanity plates are stupid bumper stickers are stupid stop defacing your own car it makes it harder to sell the value goes down it's stupid don't do that you know you, I, don't, I don't know it's don't put bumper stickers on your car. Well, is there uh does your uh, feelings about bumper stickers translate over to say tattoos? Um 
Well, yeah, I, I guess. Um, I don't really see the purpose in that either. I mean, that's it's a little bit different. I, I just always saw it as at some point you're going to be an 80-year-old dude with tattoos and you're going to look like an idiot. And I, that was the one hurdle I couldn't get myself over is, you know, you're, you're kind of time stamping yourself. You're not going to stay the same. Like what you think is cool at 20, you're not going to think is cool at 25 and 30 and 35 and 40 and 45 and 50. And you're going to spend most of your life looking back saying, this is stupid. I'm not 20 anymore. And thinking it's cool for about, what, three months before it becomes just a, a thing. So, I mean, it, you know, whatever. People can do whatever they want. Some people are just like hardcore tattoo people. They're probably always going to like it. Some tattoos are much more meaningful. Somebody passed away. So it's not always stupid. It can be kind of cool. But like the tattoos most people got that I considered getting in college, you know, like the one tattoo, especially if it's like a, on your forearm of like a skull or something, that's stupid. Don't do that. I mean, it, just don't do that. Well, I, I had a personal goal of trying to make sure that I got you to call at least half of your audience stupid before yep. we ended this interview. Well, so, you've accomplished that. Sticking on the uh, train of thought of stupid, Mike on Twitter is stupid. says you've, you've, <laughs> you have previously demonstrated a severe lack of Star Trek knowledge. What is wrong with you? Um... Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I, I grew up watching it with my dad, not really, I mean, when you're young, you don't really pay attention to what's going on, and it was kind of boring, but I thought, you know, dad's cool, so I want to be cool and watch Star Trek, even though I thought it was just horrible. Um, again, the, the general question is, what's wrong with you? And I'm, I'm struggling to answer these, how dare you, what's wrong with you type questions. Um, I, again, I'm sorry. I don't know what you want from me, but... Um, I, that's that's an area where I, I don't intend to improve either. I don't really have any interest in going back and watching Star Trek and, and learning more about it. What I know about it, I'm I'm happy enough with the amount of, of information I have. The only thing I can think, he must be referencing my Q reference, because that's the only thing Star Trek related I think I brought up. And um, I don't want to know what I'm wrong about with that, because I really like that version that I know of Q, just being this all-powerful thing. And so if, if that's not correct, don't tell me. And if you do, that's that's rude because I just like it being the way that it is. I know what he's referencing. There was a uh, – I don't, remember, I don't remember what the exact uh, story you were trying to tell was, but do you uh, – oh, no, you, you had a question, and, and they asked uh, uh, if, if the Packers were going to send one of their uh, crews down to explore a planet. Oh, yeah. Know, who would be in each role, and, and you had no idea um, what – the question even meant so that's where that came right. from i'm fine with that that's fine i'm there's certain things that i'm okay being stupid about and some things i'm even proud being stupid about saying i'm stupid about star trek is sort of a badge of honor thing so i think i'm good with that you know all these questions are uh you know endearment these are i do pe people who actually really love your show and uh feel comfortable enough to take a little swing at you yep hey what is the uh backstory because uh some newer fans of the podcast are not um, privy to uh, how this came about, but what's the backstory behind Dance Party? Dance Party, and I'm I'm kind of upset that uh, it's evolved the way that it has. But um, Dance Party was my old phone. So now you, you've probably heard it at this point several times if you listen, even for about a week of the podcast. My alarm goes off. I have several alarms that are because I'm panicked about oversleeping, and I tend to do that from time to time. So I just set tons of alarms, and uh, about three or four of them are during when I'm supposed to be doing the podcast, so they, they tend to go off. Um, with my previous phone, it wasn't just whatever stupid jingle I have here. It was actually kind of a, a funner, a funner, a more fun, 
uh, I don't even know what it was. I should probably go back and find it because it was kind of cool. But um, it was just it was just a, a better jingle, so I kind of ran with it. It would just be it would go off, and I would just announce dance party and kind of let it play out for a while. Um, and I actually was I, I started kind of feeling bad about it, like you know I, this is unprofessional. I shouldn't have this. It became kind of a staple of the show. A lot of people would would compliment it and say that it's one of their favorite parts of the show is when my stupid alarm would go off. Um, so I, I do feel guilty about getting a new phone, which does not have as catchy of a jingle, but, um, I still feel like being interrupted and having to scold my phone is, uh, still kind of keeping in spirit with, uh, the randomness of the show. One final question. This comes from me. Is there anything that, uh, and, and I'm sorry, is not an option, but is there anything <laughs> that you want to, uh, say to all your, all the fans and, uh, everybody who's been listening and and hanging out here and just having a good time celebrating the Packers these last few years um just I guess I just appreciate it you know um I I, I don't I don't really understand it I guess I don't I don't know why so many people listen to the show but um I I do appreciate it I love the audience that's I mean there's definitely a demographic that appreciate my show more than others. And I think some people probably find me offensive and annoying or whatever, which is fine, but I love it because it's a bunch of people that are, that understand my humor and understand me that are in the group. And we just kind of have a good time. And, um, I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly in a state of fear that one day people are going to get tired of it and, and leave and it's all going to go away. But, uh, every day I look and, and there's still a huge group of people are still there listening and, constantly encouraging and whether it's financial donations or just a, a message saying how much they appreciate things or whatever it's just it, it never gets old and it never stops kind of blowing me away the amount of support that I get so um, I, I do feel very guilty that I, I feel like I should be giving more back um, and I don't know how to do that but uh, just just know that I do appreciate it and I'm extremely grateful for it and uh, I'm gonna keep working real hard to try to give you the best show possible. Well, just don't forget us all when you are rich and famous and successful and all that. (laughs) All right. Sure. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this experience. We certainly had a blast doing it. We'll be right back here tomorrow with another episode of the Packernet Podcast. Bye-bye.